0: Blog Talk Radio. Are you ready to awaken to the truth of your soul? Welcome to today's episode of the Nadia Khalil Morning Show with your host, Nadia Khalil. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to today's show. Today is the 23rd of September. We are almost like, what, like the last week? I think next Tuesday is October 1st. So, Moving right along, I'm sorry, I just got onto the chat today. Last time, I think, as well, I'm just, like, so discombobulated and busy. However, I have to tell you, today's show, it's huge. Today's show didn't feel as huge when I first wrote it up yesterday. And then this morning, I woke up, and I thought, oh, I get how to tap into the power because it is about tapping in and trusting and knowing it's already there and owning it and allowing yourself to just be quiet. It has all that going on. Learning not to complain because complaining just kind of spins us, it, it keeps us in this place that doesn't grow our soul. But there's something way bigger to tapping into the power because we all have that power. But sometimes when we do things that we get to see it, the tangible thing that we have done, then we feel powerful. We're like, wow, I did that. Oh, that's so cool. Like, what else can I do? But what happened this morning was that I thought, "Oh my gosh, when I went to Italy, I rushed in, I rushed in, I was so busy, we were filming the classes and then refilming classes, and we did all this stuff and 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 the people were with me until literally the day I left, like we all went to the airport together, so just everything was. Just I had to get it done, get it done, and I didn't have time to think or really sleep all the way, and we had illness in the family. We had all this stuff going on that ended up um, really coming to light when I came back. But either way, we rushed in, but I walked out. And I learned more in those 16 days or, or almost three full weeks than I did in a long time about something other than what I do. And it was because I slowed down. I, like, started to breathe again, which I guess is the whole point of vacation. But I realized that too much rest doesn't stress us enough to try something new, to say, hey, you know what? Let me step out of my comfort zone. And too much stress doesn't give us the brain to think about doing anything new because we're always going to be too busy. We're always going to have four or five irons in the fire, especially if you have kids and they're growing. They're not gone, but they're not, Young kids, so you're dealing with like this mini adult. So I said, "Well, what are the the three ways that we can learn that everything is a process, and we can do these processes along the way?" And as I was sitting here, because I, I woke up pretty early this morning, probably just an hour before the show, but that's like four thirty in the morning here. But just the simple realization of something that's always been here, and we all know it, so you don't have to learn how to do this, is that there's a beginning, a middle, and an end to every single thing we do, even if the end is that we just don't pay attention to it anymore. So when you're doing something, remember how Christ said, everything we do is a million baby steps. Tell yourself, I'm on I'm number one. I'm on my first step. I'm researching. I'm Googling it. I'm looking at what I need. I'm thinking about it. I'm talking about it to myself, to other people. Those are first steps. Not like you have to sit and dedicate a day to it, at least not yet. You will work your way up to that. But giving yourself the space to have the space, just like me getting to filming these classes, I would have loved to do it the first year, but I wasn't ready the first year. I needed those. 16 additional years of experience to be able to give another human being the value of what I knew and share that with them so that they also can springboard from this information that I'm getting. And I feel like it's gifting all of us one by one emotional freedom. I I never get on to LinkedIn and this morning I did. If you get on my LinkedIn, I think the last thing is the summit I did in twenty eighteen and, and that even Pam put on there. I didn't I, I just for some reason because my industry, the world I work in, our emotional intelligence, our emotional life It's like, where does that fit into the business world? Because that's the one thing that gets cut out. So this morning, I just happened to get on because I saw the name of someone I hadn't seen for a long time. And I wanted to get on and I had to reset my passcode because I haven't been on for so long. And I see this tape about a man talking about your most valuable employee. Do you know who your most valuable employee is? They're calling them the CHO, not CEO, not CFO, not chief executive officer, not chief financial officer, chief heart officer. They're finally coming around to the fact that if you are not housing emotionally, happy and healthy people or giving them the resources to be that, you're going to have people whose energy is spinning in circles of complaining. And complaining keeps things in place. Now, why is that now important to corporate America, whatever's left of it? But there's still a lot going on. The reason that's important, and they're looking at that as the most Key opponent, uh, not opponent, um, what do they call it? Attribute to every company is to know your employees, to recognize your employees, to make them feel like they belong because they do. Because if they don't feel like they belong and you own that company, What are you going to have? And technology is moving so fast that if we don't keep up with the emotional component, you're going to be behind. And we are going back to customer service is everything, and it started with all the reviews. People don't have a good experience. They don't want to go back because they have other choices. So that's an outside power. Think about that power. Well, if I go and I don't have a good experience, the beginning is you go, the middle is your experience, and the end is what you do with that experience. So then I said, wow, well, if we transfer that, if we transfer that from companies, Because now they're paying attention to hearts. What happens if I pay attention to my own? Well, a great example is teach yourself and revisit your own story. You have a story, you have a beginning, you have a middle. You've seen a lot of culminations of that, a lot of endings. You can define what's still in process. And you can also create new new things, new areas of growth in your life. If I were going to do anything today, and I probably am going to even do this with you, if you decide to do it today. Pretend you are writing a book of your life today. You're writing a book of your life. Start with the beginning. There is a beginning to you. Where you were born, some of your first experiences, just think about, okay, how did I begin? But let's take it a step further. If you're writing a book, Title your book. What do you think of your life till today? Do you think of yourself always as a rising star? Do you think of yourself as someone who loves what they do? Do you think of yourself as somebody who found the middle road in life? Have you been positive? Have you been generally negative? But just be as honest as you can be. What would you title your book today? and right next to it, working title, meaning it's not a final title. And after that, list the chapters. Let's say you have 10 or 11 chapters, give the chapters a name for each period of your life, for your beginning, for your middle, and then where you're at today. Because that is the beginning of giving your entire body of work, of your life, shape. So as you do that, you write it up to today. Let's say that's 10 chapters. Start creating where you'd like to see that go. What would the alternate endings be? What are the different things you want to add to your body of work? What would the new titles be? What will you have accomplished? We're so used to hearing negative things like if a couple have been together and they get in arguments and they start using the word divorce, they generally will end up one day divorcing because if they start using it and that becomes a threat, now you're teetering with this thought of leaving each other. And then as time goes on, you start thinking about, well, what would that be like if we weren't stressing each other so much? And then you start growing into this world of divorce. But it doesn't only work in negative situations. It also works in positive thoughts. So if you say, I am going to be the greatest baseball specialist, what does that mean? Well, I know the industry, I know how management works, and I know how players work. I've got three prongs. I'm going to be a baseball specialist. That doesn't exist right now, but the industry needs somebody like that. Or... I'm actually really going to write a book. Not only am I going to just, you know, write my own book for myself, I don't need to really write it all out, but kind of sketch out my chapters, sketch out where I'm going, see where I've been, and build on that. Build on that experience. What have you done most in your life? What do you really feel good at? And you don't have to decide, like, oh, well, what am I going to be good at? What have you been good at? What have you put that 10,000 hours in? And if it is just as simple as self-discovery, maybe you're really good at discovering what other people are like. And maybe you get a job that has to deal with other people or with public because you may be really helpful if you've done a lot of that within yourself. Just like, my work. There's no way I can talk to you without having gone through this myself. People say, oh, well, you're always so positive. You know, there's a negative side of life. I'm like, do you think I'm not aware of the fact that there's a negative side of life and that I have not chosen to walk that road? That even on my worst day, I'm going to look for the good in it, and it happens automatically. I don't even have to try because in the beginning, I did try. Thoughts are really things. The power you possess is in knowing that. You don't get away with awful thoughts about yourself. You become them. We become our awful thoughts. And every once in a while, one of them will sneak in, and I'll go, Holy cow, ego! You had to go that far back to try to get me today? Get out of here. And within seconds, I forgot I even had the thought. Or it makes me laugh that I even had the thought. Like, holy cow, did I, you know, you come a long way when you fall for ego again or hear it again. Does it mean I don't have an ego? No. Everybody has an ego. But how we deal with it ends up being how we deal with everything else in our lives. Because ego, it's so perfect. It's only job is to derail us. That's the only job it has. And it's really good at it. Because when we listen to it and it says things to us, like one more drink, you could take that. Nobody will ever know. Especially the nobody will ever know part, the secrets. Ego so oh, just tortures us with ourselves. So my world, my work, my finding how to tap into whatever it is that works with us best because I fought all those battles with you. And just like all of us, we are not different. Nobody is that different. If there's one thing I have learned in the last 17 years of my life, no matter where someone is on the economic scale, No matter where somebody is on the corporate scale, no matter where somebody is on the celebrity scale, no matter where somebody is as a young child that I have met, we've all been visited by ego. At whatever level we are at in our lives, it is the equal opportunity voice in our head that shows up and tries to challenge the power that we feel. And when we are happy, if you are ever around somebody who is not happy for your happiness, take that as a sign that you've either outgrown that person or find a way to marginalize that situation. Because one thing I've learned is that ego is ripe and ready when we are vulnerable. And if we are around people that sound like the voice that's inside of our head, that puts us down, that tells us we're not good enough, that tells us who do we think we are trying to do that, now you've got, like, reinforcement for the ego. And it takes away your power. Because if you're listening to ego, you're already feeling vulnerable. And then to hear someone else say it will also put you in that position. You need to be aware of how important surrounding support is in your life. Because let's say you had that voice in your head that's trying to gnaw at you and one of your chapters in your book is I'm a people pleaser and these are all the examples of how I really went way beyond where I should have in trying to please the mind of somebody especially those who don't want to be pleased that just want to run you in circles because it's almost the entertainment in a weird way depending on who you're dealing with and then one day, years later, you realize there's nothing you could have ever done to please that person. And then over time, people started feeling like they're a full-time job. You, you get involved with somebody, and now you're dealing with all of them, but nobody's dealing with you. Slopsided. Those are not healthy situations to be in. But you don't know that without experience. And so when you remove yourself from that environment, you start to feel powerful because something in you ticked that you are capable of taking care of yourself. When you are around people who support you, like, yes, you should try that. Like my son with baseball. He's autistic. He had a teacher tell him, you better have a plan B. There's like a zero to none chance of ever being signed. Instead of listening to her, because at home he had a strong support base, I didn't care what he loved. I was going to support him because I knew if he loved it, he would do it. But because he had a strong support base, when he heard her say that, it sounded toxic to him. And how did that manifest in his autistic brain, which only is efficient? It doesn't take any motion. It just says, hey, that wasn't right. Something was wrong with that. But what was really wrong about it was that someone at school, where I'm there to learn, said it to me. That's how his brain processed that. Fast forward, he's 18 and gets a driver's license. And I realized that he's going, there's only one in the town where my kids grew up, there's only one main street in the whole town. And it's only residential. There were really minor businesses, um, but nothing else. It's just a small town. And so I realized when he's driving, he never, he goes around this, this middle school that he went to. And so I'm, I called him out and I said, what are you doing that for when all you have to do is go down that street? And he said, oh, no, I will not pass my middle school because somebody there doesn't believe in dreams. And in his brain, he didn't even want that energy around him. When he told me that, I knew exactly who said it, because i have heard her say it to other kids. She disempowered the dreams of the children, but with autism and efficient thinking, they realized that that did not support their efficiency, that did not give him the tools he needed to get to the dream he wanted. He didn't think of it as a dream in his brain. He thought of it as love. He loved doing it. He loved everything about it. One of his chapters could easily be, I love the smell of the grass in the morning when I start practice. That was one of the things he really loved. I loved being at the plate. I learned everything I needed to learn around baseball so that I can have those few minutes at the plate. When there is a game, instead of being nervous the day before, he's so excited in his sleep that he can't sleep. Because he's so excited. So for some reason, the autism taught him emotional efficiency. Does this support me or does this take away my support? And that's a great filter question. Does this empower me or does this disempower me? What would I title my book? What would I write in the foreword? How would I sum up what I want to share with myself, let alone with other people? What would the chapter titles be? And as you really think it through, just write it down. Title, foreword, chapter title. Stories that fill in those chapters you realize not only how much you've done, not only how valuable your experience has been just to you, but now I want you to imagine leaving that story behind for the people you love. Most people who wrote books didn't think of I'm going to be famous because I wrote a book. That's the last thing on the totem pole. It's not that easy to write your book. But there is something that money can't buy. And that's that empowering feeling that you get to realize that you are a body of work that you have a story. That you mean something to this world. Your existence isn't by chance or a mistake, like people who say, I was born in the wrong era. And I'm like, no, no, you weren't. (laughs) You weren't. Stop doing that. Stop saying that. If you didn't belong here, you wouldn't here. There is a purpose for you, of you, because of you. There are people you affect. There are people that affect you. How did all that play out? How did that look along the way? Can you laugh now at stuff that totally made you a near crazy person in the past trying to get to certain things in certain places or people you thought you couldn't live without and then you realized you actually could. And people who came into your life that you didn't expect that ended up being so special and beautiful to your existence, that their existence, their feelings about life bled onto you and helped you grow as well. That's your power. Know who you are. Understand you deserve to know yourself. There's no race more important than the one to get to know you over and above where you think you're going. Because it will take you there. It'll take you to the best there. I can't believe I've already run out of time. But I hope you guys have a great start to this week. I will see you tomorrow morning. Have a great Monday. Bye-bye. You have been listening to today's Daily Dose of the Nadia Khalil Morning Show. To learn more, visit www.nadiakhalil.com.